The government did it. This is cancel culture. You know, I don't know what this doctrine of assassination, but if he thinks we're trying to assassinate him, I think we really ought to go ahead and do it. It's a whole lot cheaper than starting a war. We just had one of the best defamation lawyers on the planet take up our case, and they go sue the pants off CNN for lying to this church. We'll see you in court, CNN. The coming of the Son of God was in April 13, 2005. All right, welcome back to and so in the year 2000 when uh Caviezel was up to play Cyclops in Sex Men in X Men, but instead of taking the uh X Men role, uh Caviezel decided to go with a film called Frequency, which I feel like nobody's going to remember listening to this, so why don't uh, we were talking about this before we started recording, Nathan. Can you just give me a refresher on what happens in Frequency? I'll say this. I know Caviezel's... Is Caviezel the dad? I think he's the son that talks to oh, his yeah. dead okay. dad via radio. I thought there was a little kid involved. Either way, somebody's dead. I, yeah, I think you're right. Caviezel talks to his dad through a ham radio to, what, solve his murder. What do you remember yeah. about it? Give like that's I all I remember. Anything. Okay, well he's at a we... desk a large part of the time. Is what I remember. Yeah, I remember a dark room with just like a uh, a desk light over him. Very Sorry, bad you... for film. Yes, hmm? you have me thinking about the alternate version of reality where he is in the X Men for a long running franchise and he becomes liberal instead of conservative. I'm trying to imagine that. <laughs> but anyway, I, I I do wonder because like. You wonder how much, okay, you wonder how much he believed at the time. And I'll say he went on from frequency. He still managed to have a career. He was, uh, you know, in pay it forward with the little icy dead people kid, right? Um, he was I in don't the know, happy <laughs> uh, You know, you remember yeah, yeah. pay it forward? No. <laughs> pay it forward's like a little kid who like, yeah, it's Haley Joel Osment. He learns to like, Oh, you do something nice and people pay it forward. That's where America learned that as like part of its vernacular. And then somehow the child ends up like stabbed at the end or something. So wonderful film. Uh, he goes on to The Count of Monte Cristo, which uh, not even a book I've read. I don't know anything about the story. And then uh, whatever the hell this Bobby Jones Stroke of Genius, which is a biographical drama about the golfer Bobby Jones, the only in the play, the only player in the sport to win all four of the men's major golf championships in a single season, which that is just I don't know. That's almost as bad as watching golf. Um, he also played a role in Madison, a film about hydro hydroplane racing in Madison, Indiana. That's when he first pissed off Iran, right? Ah, uh, yeah, I guess that's it. <laughs> I don't know. No, it is, um, because he, it was not released. It did not make it into theaters, and he decided to go on and do, um, he made a movie called I Am David instead. So I Am David is directed by Paul Feig, actually, and it is based on a novel that uh, 
12-year-old boy named David escapes a gulag in Bulgaria where he has spent his entire life, where his mother has been taken away from him. So he actually starts out doing like anti-communism. Oh. So, yeah, Caviezel starts with anti-communism. And then a certain man who's, you know, anti-communism in parentheses, let's say, mm-hmm. uh, finds Mr. Caviezel. And this is the story most of our audience will know. We run into Mel Gibson, and this is where the Passion of the Christ is conceived. Uh, Gibson and Caviezel go on to make the Passion of the Christ. Uh, during the filming, Caviezel was struck by lightning, accidentally score, score, no, scourged, had his shoulder dislocated, and suffered from pneumonia and hypothermia. Prior to filming... Gibson repeatedly warned Caviezel that playing Jesus in the controversial film would hurt his acting career. But that clearly, well, uh, I don't know. Because after that, Caviezel goes on to some films, uh, Unknown in 2006, which uh, <clears throat> Deja Vu, um, Unknown is about some kidnapped victims of no idea where they are. Uh, Deja Vu is a science fiction movie that I've never seen. Uh, honestly, anything with Jim Caviezel, you probably do not remember Jim Caviezel. No. He starred in, um, let's see, Outlander, which is based on the epic poem Beowulf. Oh, I yeah. never knew that was a film. I yeah. knew, I remember the CGI Beowulf, like the shit one. Right. Angelina Jolie and yeah. Yeah, as, as, yes. Oh my God. <laughs> God, that was, yeah, the fake 300. What can we make that's like 300, but cheaper? Right. And that was Veolwolf, yeah. So anyway, but <laughs> he uh, he goes on and he also provides the, he goes on to um, provide the voice of Jesus for a New Testament audio dramatization of the Bible from the audio bible website thewordofpromise.com so that's where he starts getting i guess getting the role of jesus every time it comes up you could say mm. now in the future we have news of Caviezel coming out um obviously we have he starred in the first anti-iranian movie made by the director which was the stoning of Sariah m the novel, but he's also starred in, um, he came, you know, he came, he's in this movie, obviously, but he's going on to more movies. He's, he's gotten more red pills since he's gotten to Hollywood. So the future for Caviezel has a lot to promise. Uh, he is, you know, he's acted on TV. He apparently failed to get cast in another show because people hated working with him so much. In fact, he got I'm, a dog I'm, fired. Yeah, he got a dog flare. He was not allowed to play with plastic guns anymore because he just hit people with them. He uh, beat the shit out of what Lester from The Wire, mm, which mm. should be a crime. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, Caviezel also narrated documentaries such as uh, "Liberating a Continent," John Paul II, and "The Fall of Communism," which is oh. where he gets his ideas. That yeah, he that's why he he a very common theme with him is he says John Paul like toppled communism oh i heard so, that yeah 
yeah with poland and what he talks about east and west merging yep. and what yeah <laughs> yes this is where i uh, he did not come up with he doesn't come up with any idea he's a bird brain but yeah this is where he got the idea that yeah john paul ii destroyed communism apparently that uh sometime in 2018 we're going through a lot of films i'd never heard of until i wrote these down he also played the apostle luke in the film paul apostle of christ whoa yeah so he's he couldn't get christ role that time actually that's one time he, yeah he didn't get jesus but the news in 2018 is that caviezel is uh working on the passion of the christ too which is just called resurrection of the christ so easter um which he has claimed is going to be the biggest film in world history and that's also after he claimed like um i think he claimed uh infidel no he claimed the other film that he has coming up is academy mm -hmm. award worthy that other film which we're going to talk about when it comes out uh is sound of freedom about a complete scam artist save the children hokum dickhead salesman uh tim ballard who many of you may have heard clips of caviezel speaking with at a QAnon conference not too long ago and i don't know i i guess we can go into that a little bit uh before we get to the last big player behind this movie so yeah uh i don't know how much caviezel Again, I don't know how much Caviezel actually believed this going in, right? Mm -hmm. Like going into the passion, clearly he had some things going on here and he loves doing this stuff, but I don't know. Did he really think he like ruined his career or did he just like choose to do, he was on CBS, right? You know, a person of interest. Yeah. Yeah. He was on a major and network. They were going to. Uh, hire him for a next one. I think Jonathan Nolan, Christopher Nolan's yep. brother, tried to intervene. Yeah, I would Something? say there's a, the great episode is uh, QAnon Anonymous has one on him where they talk to insiders from the set, which is great. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, yeah, they were going. You know, he was hoping he was in SEAL Team Six. Um, yeah, but it, it turns out that from in, from what some people have said, he lives with some delusional beliefs that you know maybe he actually is Christ. Maybe he actually is an FBI agent. Maybe he's Jesus Christ, Paul the Apostle, FBI agent, Tim Ballard. We don't know. I don't know. I, <laughs> I don't Maybe know he's how... seen the adrenochrome ceremony. Maybe he has not. <laughs> that, yeah, that was the part that's the craziest, right? Mel's done that stuff too, right? Where he says, like, I know there's some weird stuff going on there, you know, in Hollywood. But Caviezel, yeah. Caviezel was the first, I'd say, uh, major star to come out with the idea of, well, to put out the, the QAnon theory, you know, or the straight Q theory and like blood libel shit of like the elites in Hollywood are scaring children to drink their adrenalized blood, right? And it's funny because Jim Caviezel, it seems like he'd be at a level where he would have drank the baby blood, doesn't he? I mean, once you have, you, you know. Uh, he seems very suggestible. Yeah. Susceptible, well, yeah. To well, he suggestion. Made, <laughs> the odd thing about it was he's like, he makes sure to clear, like, I didn't, I've never seen it. 
Which is also funny because he's the Hollywood source of the inside. You know, he's the Hollywood source, and he yeah. tells he's at a conference, and he's like, "Well," and it, he doesn't say who, but it seems implied that like Tim Ballard, this complete fraud, who goes, uh, "Well, quick summary." He goes to rescue children, supposedly, and takes pictures of kids who don't speak English, and says like, "Oh, we found them," and you know, his fans don't his fans don't give a shit enough to follow that up later. Yeah, it's sad stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And and we'll definitely talk about him when his uh, movie that, you know, comes out that where Jim will be playing Tim Ballard, Saving Children, which yep, again- With Batman in Mexico. Yeah. Someone and named is, Batman. <laughs> this is another thing too. It's like, first he came out on that stage. He said like that shit about adrenochrome. And mm-hmm. now he's doing, uh, you know, Save the Children. And it's one, you're in Hollywood, Jim. Why didn't you just- work a little longer so you could expose it and two how did you get the roles in like count of monte cristo and all these things if you uh didn't drink the blood yeah <laughs> and but obviously he probably wasn't going to do well and mel gibson found him and that's just how he is now i don't know do you want to give a little talk about uh one of the producers of this film that everyone loves Dinesh D'Souza, um, <laughs> he came to a church near where I'm at in Enid, Oklahoma, and spoke. I got Marianne uh, there. out here, you loser. Yeah, I know. I get him. <laughs> Charlie Kirk comes to Enid, Oklahoma. It I just, Mar- yeah. Yeah, I got Marianne, and she had Oprah come visit when I was a kid. Oh, great. Cars yeah, for we- everyone. <laughs> I wish. I couldn't even, <laughs> you couldn't even go. But yeah, so Dinesh, go ahead. Oh, he's just weird. Uh, he's produced, uh, like, before every presidential election, he released a quote-unquote <laughs> documentary. He talked about when he was in prison for a federal tax crime of some sort. And, okay. uh, and the, he, yeah. <laughs> the prison, the halfway house that Dinesh had to go to, yes, was a halfway house where he would leave during the day. He had to be back by, like, 8 p.m. Um, He left every day, and I believe it's in uh, Obama's America, 2016 Obama's America, where he talks about getting out of prison because he doesn't realize, like, that the Confederacy is cool yet, I think. Oh, no, that's Death of a Nation is next one, right, before Hillary's America. They blur together, yeah. Yeah, they do because the story is always the same. It's like, hey, did you know the Democrats are actually the racists? And it went like this. Yeah, they're the KKK. Obama is a Marxist. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Death of a Nation went to the Democrats are the Confederacy. Right. And Hillary's America was the Democrats are also the Confederacy, they're racist, and also they're the fascists. And they're a Russian agent. Hillary Clinton is a Russian agent. Yes, that I forgot. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah I forgot about that. That's it not was like age uranium well. one and shit. Neither did the fucking pro-Confederacy or the anti-Confederacy shit. No, it's like now you have all <laughs> these neo-Confederates at Charlottesville. Like, what do you do with that? Dinesh walking into, like, the secret racism room in uh, Death of a Nation or whatever, where he's like, ooh, they have a picture of Jackson. And it's like, dude, Donald Trump, like, put the Jackson bust in the White House. Yeah. You kind of blew it on. You're like, you should have been watching the news when you were in your halfway house. But, yeah, it's it's Death of a Nation where he comes out and he talks, like, about his prison life. And he learns that (laughs) um, all stealing is... I don't know. All crime is stealing, is what he says. That's the lesson he learns in the big house. Like, 
where he's sitting with a bunch of convicted criminals who I guess are supposed to be violent mm-hmm. type looking based on certain traits they have. Um, you can figure them out. <laughs> they're all and they're all sitting around the TV watching Hillary, so you know they're fucking violent, right? Mm-hmm. They want free stuff. They're gonna vote for her multiple times, obviously. <laughs> the next sees them get six mail-in ballots come to their cell. No, that that part's not in there, but it might as well be. <laughs> but but yeah, Dinesh got arrested for, um, in his words, going after Obama. What that meant was just doing like straw donors through his girlfriend's husband, where he like exceeded the limit you can legally donate. And then he got yeah. caught using a straw donor. So he was like, hey, whoever like this lady was, this lady was cheating on her husband. I can't remember who it was with Dinesh or yeah, with Dinesh because he's the one who got in trouble and he had her husband or, she, or her send money into political campaigns under her husband's name or her husband did it. And uh, yeah, they did talk campaign finance, I guess. That story is way more interesting than I thought it was. It's just like some oh, uh, campaign finance violation. Who cares? Yeah, they know about very, the illicit stuff. <laughs> it's very odd. He he has um he has like a girlfriend at the time, and that's why yeah he comes out and he pretends he's been like hit by Big Brother, which is funny. Yeah, here's this is uh here's his books. This is great. The last book was um. Well, now it's a Christian apologetic series that he's working on. Mm. So, uh, but his last book was The Big Lie, Exposing the Nazi Roots of the American Left. Ooh. Death of a Nation. Can we save America a second time? (laughs) It's weird he names that like Birth of a Nation, only Death of a Nation, but he's being critical of birth of a nation and the kkk but yeah again yeah he got out and he's like still like this um neocon sort of like bootstrap conservative right right like he comes up and he he comes out of this halfway house and it's the trump campaign and it's like well time to make a movie and it's like well you know what i think i'll do is i'll connect them to uh the confederacy (laughs) like oh buddy wrong time for that yeah and and same with the nazi one honestly you're gonna with the way q people are now like they're not gonna have any interest in your last book because they are like picking out which jews are real and shit at this point um yeah it was preet preet bahara who put him in jail too which everyone hated preet bahara on like the right for some reason stupid because he's just a u.s attorney and well of course why they hate it why would media people and wealthy people hate the new manhattan u.s attorney but <laughs> yeah yeah so dinesh got caught for something like really stupid in comparison to what you know bahara would normally be dealing with um that said yeah he didn't do shit but he has kind of seemingly gone he's learned his lesson he used to be like a shitty michael moore where you just have to look at him like uh, he'd do like the dumb American shtick, like, oh, wow. You mean uh, Jackson was a Democrat, you know, or like, <laughs> I remember, um, I believe it's Hillary's America where he tells a, an extended story of 
or maybe it's one of the ones about Obama because there's two about Obama, Obama about dreams of my real father and something else. Mm-hmm. Marshall Davis is probably one of the stories is an extended story about how Saul Alinsky is cheap and he would scam deli counters by like getting a ticket saying he dropped his food and then going to another deli that used the same ticket. And that was proof that like, I think that was uh, death of a nation because it was proof that like the Democrats knew about crime. And D'Souza's so, like how he talks about politics and how he films politics in those documentaries. It's like a fever dream that's like freely associating things and then totally dropping major points about, yeah. you know, political history. It's very like, very unstable. He's like the worst weather vane for U.S. conservative politics because everything's flying everywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I think he's like he says like I think there's like oh there was only two senators who switched from the Republican Party to the Democrat after the Civil War. Like I, I think that's something. Mm-hmm. I think that's different, buddy. I think that's the Republicans who con- wanted to continue to be racist. Those were Dixiecrats later on yeah you know what i mean right 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 yeah like these were republicans who were like well shit i can't those were the two republicans who are like man i i knew this party was all right but i didn't want to go all the way with like freeing slaves and letting them vote and everything that's who I like mean, the the switch he points out is i assume but i don't know you want to get into this insane loaded. movie yeah yeah, because like this movie, I don't know how well it's going to age in like two to three years because it's a D'Souza production. Yeah, he's not directing it. Narasta is directing it. But even then, it's like, yeah, I don't know how this movie will look in five years, you know? No, no. Yeah, it's it. First of all, it doesn't look great at all now. It makes no sense. Um, a lot of it's very confusing. Uh, the actors involved in what's going on um like the state actors non-state actors uh are very confusing so yeah where, where do we start um uh do you well, want me to go through just like a brief yeah go ahead and do your briefs yeah read the synopsis you have yeah you wrote, and then we'll do let's talk about like some scenes that we love in this yeah i'll keep it short um so yeah, this movie was released in the middle of the pandemic, September 2020. It was in theaters, $1.4 million opening weekend, uh, finished third. It made its money back. You know, it didn't do bad. Uh, Narasta said that he wanted to make Infidel as a thriller with no overt political message. Good luck, buddy. Um, there's like tons of political stuff and it doesn't, there's a lot of confusion. Um the movie can be classified as a Christian persecution movie and a cautionary tale about political Islam produced by Dinesh D'Souza and starring an increasingly political and deranged Jim Caviezel, whose cue holds at this point, you know. So in a stroke of casting genius, I really like this. Caviezel plays a bewildered American Christian writer, which... (laughs) we'll talk about soon uh doug rollins who's married to liz uh, a very relatable state department official uh she works with trade which of course has nothing to do with iran trade has nothing to do with iran in the state no they're sanctioned yeah exactly she's like i don't know anything (laughs) about iran i work in trade well what does trade do to (laughs) 
know? Yeah, what does it mean when the U.S. is like, hey, you can't sail a boat over here, you know, like, hey, yeah. knock it off. You can't leave your water, you dickhead. You can't buy medical equipment using U.S. dollars in this transaction, yeah. It's- yeah, exactly, yeah, you can't, I mean, you can't leave, you can't sell anything to anybody, so, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah this seems insane. to do it a, a lot of trade. The French, yeah. the French, the Germans, all the European countries that had deals like I don't know, uh, four years ago with Tehran, right. they'd mm-hmm. probably tell you there's a lot of things involving trade they're upset about right now. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, the European Union a couple of years ago was negotiating a trade deal with Iran, and that's been kind of thrown in a loop now. Uh, yeah, France was ready, uh, Total was ready to take over some of the oil production. Or assist mm. in like you know updating the oil infrastructure. Obviously, they're not going to take it, mm. but they were uh, ready to go in. And uh, Iran had uh, been put on the list to purchase like several Airbuses and stuff too. Mm. So they were buying large planes to update their uh, national um, fleet of airline, you know, their airline fleet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So anyway, go ahead. Yeah, but good luck traveling under uh, these conditions now, uh, <laughs> diplomatic yeah. conditions. But uh, yeah, so this uh, Doug Rollins, uh, a Christian writer, uh, gives an interview in Cairo, Egypt, where he talks <laughs> about how, you know, Muslims and Christians, we can get along. We're both monotheists and we both love Jesus. Uh, the real enemy are, are the secularists who are taking over our countries. You know, they're the enemy. They're the ones that like preach the loudest, you know, like not Muslims or Christians, you know. So, uh, but then uh, Doug does a faux pas. He, oh, uh, yes, that, I love this. <laughs> he says that Jesus is God. Yeah. And as soon as he gets all his, others, yeah. And he goes to his hotel room, he gets kidnapped <laughs> there by Ramsey, an Iranian agent working with Hezbollah. Do we know this? You dissected this because I could not figure out for the life of me who this asshole is. So he's there in Iran, but it doesn't make sense because he says he's, he hates Persians and he's right. part Persian, but fortunately he's part Kurdish. But he grew up in the UK where he got hate crimed as a kid. So the logical conclusion for discrimination against a immigrants who i i don't know i'm i'm assuming he must have been a muslim kurdish right persian immigrant the logical conclusion is to join the iranian government even though he's part kurdish and he hates persians do we know that he is though it doesn't he at some point isn't he like a contractor i assume it's very confusing it's very confusing that because this what what the movie then implies is being hate crimed in england made this kurdish man go be like a <laughs> very shitty Carlos the Jackal yeah, who works with the strangest fucking combination of people and is not good at keeping his like benefactor's fucking hands off of what he's doing at all, right? Yeah. So he, he captures him in DC and when we go into the movie, the groups you see him with, it's bananas who the fuck they think like, yeah, we never would have figured out Iran took this guy. He only passed through A, B, C, and D. Yeah, so, Lebanon, yeah. Iran. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'll get to that. But yeah, go ahead and finish up the synopsis here. Uh, so meanwhile, his wife, Liz, uh, State Department official, uh, she's waiting on the State Department. But of course, the State Department is a bureaucracy. They suck. Uh, they don't work. They, they cannot rescue or find Deep her state. husband. 
deep the state. deep state deep state yeah deep state bad so uh they don't walk and they don't get her husband so uh she decides to travel to iran herself and that's where she meets the iranian underground church and mossad agents who team up to rescue doug from iran's government and we see multiple people die in the process yeah uh, that's basically it um yep yep it starts out very strange yeah okay well, let's reveal what the fuck he is. Um, Doug is not a writer. Doug is the world's most dangerous blogger with the most dangerous wife at the State Department. Why no, and why they want Doug the blogger and not his wife from a country that doesn't pay ransom. Right? No clue. Yeah, no clue. Never really clarified why this asshole. Why... Uh, the idea that first off everyone is upset so upset by yeah. him saying like i'm a christian and i believe jesus christ is the prophet right like the last yeah. prophet as the bible says that's the you know that is it's the final covenant which i'm sorry he's in egypt there's plenty of fucking christians in egypt who say that like why isn't iran like kidnapping Coptic Christians left and right. right. I don't it is a, you know, why don't they, hey, they got an army. Go for the Pope. You want to send a message, dude? Why? Yeah, they go for the blogger who has a wife yeah. that's connected to the State Department. And now, they never explain why they kidnap him. It's implied because he said the bad thing, mm-hmm. right? They never explain. No, the no, it's never made clear. Of the Iranian or Hezbollah agents or why the Iranian state is doing this, you know? No, not no. at all. Nobody expresses why they give a shit. And because there's, you can't, you can't even make up a reason why you would give a shit about this guy. No. Because he's a, he's a Christian blogger. That's literally what he is. He's one of those. Yeah. He's one of the guys who would have died on a ventilator right now. Right. It happens during the pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. It happened. The movie happens during the pandemic in Iran. And they talk about uh, prisoners dying from COVID in Iran. Yeah. If he was in the real world he would be the kind of christian blogger who like posts his last post is him on a ventilator and then his family takes over the account you know <laughs> so yeah he goes to his hotel room in egypt and this is where he gets black bag which rocks yeah and uh where do they take him next lebanon okay that's right in a and in a room that i don't know can you tell whose hideout that room is in is, is is there any noticeable decor that shows like who he might be under the custody of in Lebanon? Yes, there is, folks. There's like eight Le- Hezbollah flags all over the wall, and Iranian flags, and whatever else looks threatening and like slightly Islamic. It is wild because, okay, yes, in South Lebanon, where Hezbollah controls, well, they wouldn't need a safe house for one thing. It's theirs, you know? Right. And two, like, the idea that, like, even if this is, like, Hezbollah hiding in, like, an area where the United States is operating or where Israeli intelligence is operating, again, like, making these guys the worst fucking assassins and, like, proxies in the world. Yeah. Uh, the, the assassin does not care, does not even like the job. He goes to Hezbollah, which is just advertising where they are. And um, during that time, I believe that's where he explains that he doesn't care, basically, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I can't remember his motive. Well, again, there's no, 
fuck, this movie's so hard to discuss because there's no motivations you can describe to anyone. Yeah, the thing with Ramsey, the uh, kidnapper, who I I kind of think he's a contractor for the Iranian government because he's there mm-hmm. in Iran interrogating uh, Doug, the blogger. You know. He meets with the IR- He has like an IRGC advisor standing next to him at some point later in the film. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, but still, the motivation. What are they torturing him for? Okay, so they make him post on his blog, but they don't really show oh much God. of what they make him post you know it's the ultimate cue fear they took over my posts <laughs> they've taken over my the iranian government has hijacked my posts and they're making me say i love islam yeah holy shit yeah yeah well yeah. that makes sense and then I later i mean and that doesn't make sense either because like later you have that uh judge or cleric um towards the end of the movie tell him okay you need to apologize for saying that Jesus is God. And then like Doug says, Doug, the blogger says, well, they're going to know it's under duress. And then the cleric judge, whoever is like, uh, exactly. <laughs> They'll yeah. know you were forced to falsely confess that Jesus is not God or something. Right. I get, yeah, I get. It really doesn't make sense. You took a guy from Cairo yeah, across why? multiple countries, I don't know. First off, why isn't Cairo pissed and like the Saudis? You know, the GCC yeah. would be pissed enough as it is. Oh yeah, Israel would be honestly. All of those countries would be more pissed than the United States was. Right, right. And another thing I want to point out here is um, there is a public statement by a Iranian government official that he might be a spy or maybe he's running away from his wife. But never in the movie is it indicated that anyone in the Iranian government thinks that Doug is a spy. None of them think he's a spy. And they he, all agree he just said something bad. Yeah, he, he doesn't know anything. He literally does not ever give any sign that he knows anything. Yeah, the, there's no sign of like any type of like deeper intelligence, except I will say either he's a very like, skilled blogger or this you know carlos the jackal guy it sucks ass at his job because jim manages to skip away multiple times he doesn't know he doesn't make it but damn does he get out a lot in this movie yeah Um, these are some of the worst and i'm sorry i don't think so i don't hezbollah is not gonna let you walk out of their safe or like oh i slipped down the gutter you know um the idea is like yeah these groups are like incompetent incompetent to like this point that's insane um but it's it's very funny that yeah they start out in lebanon and eventually after these scenes of you know jim being told like i kidnapped you because like they pay me to basically Mm -hmm. um he goes on to well i think it's implied that they go through like iraq honestly yeah yeah, because at some point, again, deciding to put uh, their hands all over this fucking crime, mm-hmm. the Iranian hired, you know, assassin kidnapper guy fucking takes him. They hitch a ride with a PMU, basically wearing you know these orange martyr headbands, like they're a fucking fodder brigade or something, and somehow they're riding with this. Iranian-backed PMU to get Jim to Iran, which is absolutely insane. 
but this um at home you know this is when like his wife comes into the picture as like well oh i work at the state department and i i wish the deep state would do something to help me and which is you know this is a theme of all these movies uh it's always the bureaucrats right mm-hmm. always the bureaucrats they, it's, they won't do shit about it so um yeah he's put on charge he's being put on you know trial for charges of blogging too hard uh her wife is trying to use her influence to like get him back but again what she does what influence she has who she can even she doesn't talk to they never implies she talks to anybody important you know it there's never anyone like high level like too high of a level that it seems like she talks to right uh so nobody seems connected and all of this this whole movie what the fuck does the iranian government care never explained right well the motivations are totally mysterious about why iranian people would work in the iranian government right yeah 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 exactly there's nobody seems to give a shit about any of this stuff yeah i want to emphasize with uh ramsey the kidnapper I, at the beginning of the movie, he's like, I just get paid to do this. But then at the end of the movie, um, he says, well, the difference between you and us is we'll die for our cause. Yes, it's like, wait, right. you'll die for money or die for Islamic ideology? No, he basically does the, uh, yeah, he does the uh, we love death more than you love life thing. Yes. I forgot about it. Yeah. Yeah. So he has two contradictory motivations. Yeah. So he's also a martyr. Yeah. He's willing to be a martyr. Yeah. Yeah. And somehow being discriminated against, uh, I guess, racially or Islamophobically in Britain brings him to this point somehow. <laughs> you know? And we should say the movie does start with uh, Doug on a roof about to be firing squatted to death. Yes. And we trace back from there. So this is what you see like going into this. But yeah, the way that you know, again, he moves from Egypt to Lebanon. And then, yeah, no one seems to care. And then people do care. People's motivations just switch halfway through the film. People's knowledge switches halfway through the film. Mm -hmm. Um, I suppose, you know, the whole thing is supposed to be, it's really like the lamest version of like the children's idea of stand up for your belief in Christ. You know, do not deny me kind of bullshit, right? Right. And it is the very, you can see how Mel Gibson rubbed off on this man. Yeah, and it's totally deeply it's stupid thematic, man. Oh yeah, it, it's thematically inconsistent too because towards the end of the, I mean, before the firing squad scene happens towards the end, he says, okay, I shouldn't have said that thing. I'm sorry, wifey. Um, I was like selfish, egotistical, and stupid to say that. I thought I could save the world. I shouldn't have done that. And then he decides to make a final stand by not doing the confession and getting shot you know yeah also his wife is not christian she's lapsed right yeah she doesn't because she had a miscarriage oh my gosh i don't sorry no 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 i know it's when you think about other shit these people are involved in like um the roe versus wade movie and shit like that like Mm -hmm. there's something there to that like Yeah, I don't know. Well, you probably understand like that pathology better than I do. Because... Well, towards the beginning of the movie, she's talking with her husband back in America. Um, 
the beginning of the movie, uh, she they're talking about the car accident where she had the stillborn, and she says something like, "Since I lost this baby, I don't have a purpose." And yeah. so she technically has an arc in the movie, but it's yeah. like she begins with like, "Oh, I'm barren now. I don't have a purpose," and then she travels to iran to rescue her husband so that's supposed to be her, her oh yeah arc but then the mossad end up rescuing him instead anyway so we'll get to and, yeah and they, who they just drop her arc yeah i want to say thing, oh yeah go ahead go ahead you know who she is she's like uh mel gibson in sign my wife so? died i my wife died and i don't believe in god anymore but then yeah. things happen and then suddenly i do yeah yeah Iranian aliens don't like Mossad. Should have been a a red flag for Mel Gibson there on that one, honestly. Yeah. Now, looking back, yeah. But yeah, anyway, go ahead. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) No, I was just uh, talking about like how thematically inconsistent, you know, each character actually, it's not like an interesting kind of complexity. It's a confusion about what their motivation is. And yeah. they end up undercutting. So like Jim, like Jim Caviezel's character is like, okay, I learned my lesson. I shouldn't have been this arrogant and used my faith as a shield, you know, or not as a shield, but I guess as a, my own personal ego vehicle. And then he's like, oh, no, no, I'm going to refuse to do the confession and I'm just going to get executed here. I will say the no. world could have been blessed. Uh, this was supposed to be released on 9-11 originally. Oh my gosh, that would have been weird. They couldn't wait, though. I guess the message was too important to wait for September. Oh, I mean, what does that have to do with this? Nothing. But it would just been like, oh, well, subliminally connecting Iran, Hezbollah, and Iraq, and maybe Al-Qaeda even Egypt and Taliban. Whoever, yeah. I mean, hell, they've already like made Soleimani basically like the same as Baghdadi, unlike the right. You know. Yeah, yeah. So I, that would have been their aim, I suppose. It would have be like, yeah, just throw this out there. Just throw it out there. Every, like, Muslim group that we actually don't like for some reason. You know, none of the nations we ally with that are much more brutal than Right, Iran. Saudi Arabia. Yeah. yeah. Never mentioned. Never really brought up Egypt. Yeah. That's where he is, too. He's in Egypt. He's not oh, yeah, even yeah. in an Islamic country. He's yeah. in Egypt. You know, that's they right. can't show him in, like, one of our allied countries. And the fact that it's filmed secretly in Jordan also tells you that our allies don't even like this fucking movie. I mean, imagine you know? if he was kidnapped from Indonesia. Oh, yeah. maybe well, That would be yeah. that'd be a that'd little be crazier. Yeah. It would be funny. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> that'd be great. Yeah. Um, it, or maybe the Philippines. I guess there's a alleged uh, Islamic insurgency. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or what if he was kidnapped by ISIS-K and he's executed by the Taliban? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah they, they think yeah. he's the... That'd be... Oh, that's a comedy. They, they, he gets kidnapped by ISIS-K. They think he's actually the leader. They're like, oh, a CIA agent who's in charge of ISIS-K. We finally found him. And then they execute him on TV. Well, I thought this like, movie should have been a comedy because he's already a comedic <laughs> character, right? Yeah, basically. Like, he doesn't know what the hell's going on. He's no. fish out of water. Like, That's... flailing around is like, are you Hezbollah? <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah that, I love that line, dude. <laughs> When they pull that hood off him and he's in a room with 18 Hezbollah flags. He's yeah, like, it could have been anyone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> are you guys Al Qaeda? Hezbollah? Who are, what? Free Syrian army? Who are I can't tell. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, his so eventually his wife goes after him. So yeah, let's get to his wife and uh this totally real thing that she stumbles upon that definitely probably exists in the real world. She finds well, the mm. no, go ahead. Go for it. Oh no, no, the, the underground Christian church, which <laughs> technically exists but according to a survey i need to pull up real quick it's probably about 1.5 percent of the iranian population about a million so it's it's real it's just that what's depicted in this movie is such like a a neoconservative talking point you know yeah because it's the throwing them off roofs thing yeah, exactly. They're they're the victims. It's like yeah. the neoconservative. You know how like the progressive neoconservatives in the Democratic Party will say, "Well, women are in danger in Afghanistan, and LGBTQ rights in Libya are uh, being violated. The U.S. has to intervene, put economic sanctions, etc." It's like that only for evangelical neoconservatives, right? Because the evangelical neoconservatives are like, "Oh, look, there's an underground church." in iran or china and it's mostly women right it's mostly women who are fighting against their oppression by the patriarchy in this case the islamic patriarchy right yeah and let's also say that christianity is perfectly legal in iran this is not like saudi arabia this is not um although there's a state religion you can you know there are jews there there are christians there not a lot but they are allowed to exist there. Iran does have at least 600 churches and possibly up to a million Christians in the country. So this underground idea is, again, it's like the equation, it's the equation of them and like radical, you know, Sunni militants. It's to try and make it seem like, yeah, this is the same. I mean, this is it, right? Right. It's their Saudi Arabia, actually. You know, that seems to be the thought process. And the, yeah, go on. Like, she meets with the Christian resistance, which is led by a bunch of women. Well, and... I, I want to mention the statistics thing. So okay, yeah, go for it. The You can't really trust the Islamic government's statistics because they say 99% or something, or over 90% are Shia, which is just not true. Right? No, not, not between Azeris and everything like that. Yeah, and uh, and we have to specify types of christians so the iranian government yeah exactly uh the iranian government recognizes um armenian christians and assyrian christians and i think there's some like even protestant uh churches that they recognize um but then there's other groups of christians that are more covert that they probably don't recognize and this has become an issue in uh the united kingdom uh for immigrants seeking asylum so there's actually a case recently where uh the uk court has been trying to restrict uh which iranians seek asylum mm-hmm. um by Oh well, I, I I'm not sure what denom like specific Christian denomination uh, some of these asylums. So for example, um, there's a UK judge in uh, March 2020 who had a ruling, and it it ultimately denied asylum to an Iranian Christian convert. So it's this like 
really bad situation where the UK is trying to say, okay, you're not a Christian because we don't believe there's that many Christians in Iran, right? So it's kind of like, it gets really gnarly. Um, where it's kind of like, yeah, you got to stand up for Christian asylum seekers. And even if they are lying about being Christian, who cares? Just give them yeah. asylum, right? Well, what I'll say you is this. You don't want the UK judge to decide that, you know? Yeah. And what I'll say is this too, is there's so there are multiple, um, the list is pretty long of what's permitted. Like, like you said, the Ar- Armenian church, the Assyrian church, but the Catholic church is also welcome. Um, right, you know, right. the Armenian Catholic church is part of the Roman Catholic church. Um, the Chaldean Catholic church exists there. Uh, Presbyterians, Pentecostals, they're still there too. Um, there's even an Anglic- Anglican diocese in Iran, which odd, mm-hmm. but well, first off, Anglican anywhere outside the UK, you're weird. It is weird. I'm so, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. It's freakish. It's stupid and freakish. Just, and there's some weird Protestant ones because, like, uh, American missionaries were going to Persia in the 1830s. Yes. Uh, they were going to Turkey to two because they heard about the Alevis and they wanted to mm. know more about the Alevi Muslims because they thought they were closer to Christianity. Interesting. So they spent okay. quite a bit of time around there in that, in that early period of like missionary work. But the church that, well, the churches that are not uh, as in high of favor with the state in Iran are things where there's no central leadership. When you talk to the Chaldean church, when you talk to the Catholic church, uh, especially, or even the Presbyterians and the Anglicans, there's an authority, a central body you can talk to. The things that are underground, the hidden Christians or whatever, are evangelicals. So really what this movie is about is the worst types of Christians in <laughs> in Iran. No offense to well, any of you know that are nice, but... It, it's very vague because they don't say what denomination they are. Like they could have been Assyrian or Armenian or Chaldean Christians, but they don't say... It's heavily implied that they're probably evangelical because it's foreign American. I, yeah, audience, right? I think this is. I, there's no way they're nothing but coded as evangelical because the, who is this movie for besides evangelicals? Yeah, it's exactly, for some. Yeah, it's for some of my people too, but they're insane and they. You know. <laughs> it's not for Iranian Christians, and that's my biggest no. problem with it. It's not that. Okay, so according to this. Um, a Netherlands-based research group that did a survey of 50,000 Iranians online. There's obviously problems with the survey. You know, there's an internet bias, you know, if you're responding on internet. I mean, Iran has wide, you know, they have a decent amount of internet access. But anyway, so like, there's a lot of They do regular blackouts and like and things like that when they need to. But the, the, the survey is really interesting because it says like, okay, Christians might be about 1.5%, which is interesting because like uh, Baha'i would be only about like less than that. So there, there might be more Christians than Baha'i in um, Iran. But that's not even the most interesting thing. Uh, the most interesting thing is that like they, they could only get about like 32% identifying as Shiites. Yeah. They yeah. found 22% identifying with no religion 22 percent uh eight percent atheist and 5.8 percent agnostic now this is the survey's iffy right but 
at the same time, Iran, you know, um, in some ways they are a, um, they suffered from their success. They have trained um, generations of students and technicians, you know, people with all types of real skill. Mm-hmm. And they have a heavily skilled, you know, technical workforce. That's how they managed to hide nuclear facilities from Israel and everything. You know, right. they have right. engineers, they focus on creating these engineers. They have social safety nets that have lifted up people, you know, because they had to find a way to basically survive sanctions since 79. Right. And some um, of those date back to the Shah. Yeah, like to the 1960s. Yeah, right. And I, I think I've, you know, there's a, a book on it. I'll put a link in the notes to it, too. But yeah, they have had this, their social programs have worked so well, that, you know, they've started to cause a sort of um, secularization of their younger, of their youth. Right. Whereas, you know, that's why whatever's going on outside Iran, anyone who says they're going to go be the next government or they're the government waiting or anything, they're insane because it's either the Shah's son, like grandson, or it's, you know, uh, the MEK, which is, hey, if you're a leftist, check them out. They say they're communists, right? They're Mujahideen, you know, they're cool. They, They have a little, but they're a cult, you know, they're strange. No one believes them. They're like a Chalabi. There's nobody outside of Iran that, like, could go to Iran today and take it back over. So I don't think that, I'm not shocked that most of them are secular. And again, I don't think they'd be interested in evangelical Christianity because the main preaching of evangelical Christianity or the thing they obsess about over here is, hey, when can we get all the Jews back to Israel? Mm. You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it doesn't seem like it's very appealing. And that's what, yeah, yeah. I don't and know. And that's part of the, like a lot of the YouTube videos and, uh, semi-documentaries about the underground church in iran they'll they'll always sneak in they'll say like one line that i heard on this uh youtube video about the underground church uh said something to the effect of uh they love israel because they love the jewish people so it conflates jewish people with uh zionism right so it's just a piece of propaganda yeah it's yeah yeah, that's evangelical like, stuff. Yeah, oh, where where are you getting this? How how do we know that we we don't hear from the uh, underground Christians, and we don't hear from the Assyrian or the you know Armenian Christians either, the ones that are actually recognized by the government. We don't hear right. from them in Iran, right? And it's just a big neoconservative talking point. They want another victim, and I'm not saying that like. Uh, it's you know, not I'm- great to be a Christian in Iran, but you shouldn't justify u.s you know action intervention into iran because you're supposedly helping them economic sanctions more, have hurt christians in iran you know it says more about us well not us but our right wing that in order to be like made to care about a you know i i the only way i could care about a persian is if they like the same shit as me right you know right. that's what's like disgusting about it like that's and that's most you know shit yeah. look at now with afghanistan what do we use because like Anyone, there's no underground church so we use like the girls the girls mm-hmm. has anyone thought about the girls women you know, yeah, <laughs> yeah like they were yeah you, oh you mean they'll be like they were when we showed up and most of the time we were there yeah okay got it you know but yeah this is um syria that was the big one right that's where this really started to pop up was isis because they were like isis is throwing 
and and they'd funny they'd try and employ it with like liberals too they'd be like don't you care isis is throwing gay people off the roof right right and but they're also throwing christians and um here in michigan was where uh a lot of the chaldeans from iraq got deported um, yeah they yeah. got rounded up by ice and they were yeah there was but chaldeans outside of the federal building who had signs that were like i voted for you mr trump and all over the state, there are cars, well, all over the southeast part of the state, there are cars with those Save Iraqi Christian bumper stickers. That became a major talking point during the war with ISIS. And, man, those Chaldeans, I'll tell you, both of them are bad. They don't draw a distinction either. They take after our evangelicals in that matter. But, yeah, it's right, that's right. the only way that these people can be made to care about a brown person is, well, well there's two. One, they're Christian and in a brown country or two they're muslim in an atheist communist country <laughs> because yes. this country doesn't, yeah this yeah. country doesn't give a shit about muslims except in one situation suddenly exactly yeah, yeah yeah but yeah this is definitely very common you know this is their this is their like new narrative of why they have to do it's humanitarian intervention for the right wing you know exactly yeah there's a left and right wing version of that for humanitarian yeah. intervention yeah yeah, but it's weird too because, like, I don't think American Christians care about Christians in the Middle East. They don't care about what Israel's doing to Palestinian Christians. Uh, oh, they don't. They would still bash any like Muslim-looking guy who got here. Yeah. Yeah, and and, and like <laughs> even more like, for example, the governor of Oklahoma is um, having the National Guard of Oklahoma train in Azerbaijan. After oh Azerbaijan, do you hear about this? Azerbaijan no. had a major like offensive attack to take territory from Christian yeah, Armenia. Nagorno Karabakh. Yeah. yeah. And like and Christian the Russia Oklahoma gave it to him. Christ exactly. And the Oklahoma Christian governor is like doing stuff with Azerbaijan, which is, you know, like just did this horrible thing to a Christian country because it's aligned with Turkey, right? Yep. It's Turks and Israel. Yep. And Azerbaijan overrules Christian Armenia as a result. There's no Christian international and solidarity here's at all. Why? Here's why, too. Because guess what? The Azeris in Iran, we want them to see more U.S. cooperation with Azerbaijan. There are, mm. is a significant population of Azeris in Iran, mm -hmm. which uh, Erdogan brought to the front during the Nagorno-Karabakh conflict because he went and read a poem in azerbaijan that referred to some region that iran considers theirs but is populated by azeris which actually uh, caused a bit of a diplomatic row because the iranians were like hey whoa whoa what the hell are you doing like don't give them any ideas you know like when we let you cut up this tiny little chunk of nothing and call it armenia you better shut your mouth right because right. iran has to worry about some ethnic groups on the outskirts of the country like um you know the Kurds, the and these Aries, and there's more too, obviously. But yeah, there's a lot of ethnic groups in Iran, which, you know, if you watch this movie, it's all like, I don't know, they all look Arab. <laughs> yeah, Arabs. yeah, yeah. Like maybe some like Spanish people. It's very weird because like the movie is like you should care about these like very flat one-dimensional Christian Iranians but also we aren't going to develop these characters at all. It's just a neoconservative talking point carted out as a plot device in the story of this American idiot blogger. 
Yeah, and as you said, okay, so his wife joins with this like Christian resistance. Yeah. After after she's uh doing the fucking no mask challenge and tearing off her hijab and shit like that. Yeah. And we, uh, we have to that. emphasize, yeah. yeah, the movie mentions that the Christian underground that she meets also has uh dissidents Muslims. So what? That there are dissident Muslims there, they're the prison I miss guards. That. Yeah, okay. so like the, the there's Christian, groups for them. They can there's plenty yeah, of groups for it's them. It's a United Colors of Benetton thing going yeah. on where you got the uh underground Christians, you got dissident Muslims, the good Muslims, and you have I think they mentioned Jews at some point. I'm not sure. Yeah, right. This is That's funny because it's it's basically like um a B for vendetta situation, right? Where like oh, oh shit. yeah, we we all hate the government, but we just you know yeah. eh, whatever. Yeah, yeah. We live with it. Yeah. Like the people who watch V for Vendetta, like the V for Vendetta people who like watch TV every night. They're like, man, this is bullshit. Like, well, what, what <laughs> yeah. is this? Like, how is this thing in power, right? Like, right, yeah. They make it seem like, and I think obviously that's part of like the idea to like convince Americans that, oh, regime changes would be simple. But it's like, if it was simple, yeah. why is it taking you 50 years? Yeah, why, and 60. why? what's the motive? Why do people participate in the government? Like the film cannot imagine why. They can't imagine a Qasem yeah. Soleimani character or like, why are there so many competent like diplomats in et cetera in the Iranian government if there isn't a major rational reason why, you know, not right. to defend and, the government, but they're doing things for reasons, right? And it's just like they wipe out a total hit. Obviously, there's like no concept of history, like the Iran-Iraq war or anything like that ever included yeah. in the anything The threat like of this. America is really Even, yeah. Nukes. Yeah. Even just a fucking uh, a mention of like a two minute like not even like a one minute monologue by a character of just like the things like the U.S. has done to Iran would right you can't do that because it would actually make your uh, blogger hero look like an even bigger idiot somehow right well like that uh, one Iranian asshole tells the wife Liz like you can't even pronounce Iran and it's like. That's like not very high on my set. What my grievances would be against the United States if I was Iranian. Yeah. <laughs> like, no oh, you shit. mispronounced my country's name. Can't aid. find us on a map. Like, bro, She's we don't pronounce State each Department. other's names right. Yeah, we make yeah. up names, man. Like, we don't yeah. fucking say anything right. Like, yeah, it's like yeah. that's no reason to be upset at a American who is in the State Department. <laughs> she probably. Yeah. I think she can enact sanction law and whatever you know regulations. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. She's the one who decides that you know she's the one watching goods going out of fucking Iran, probably. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean the sanctions getting mad have been at Turkey for breaking sanctions. Yeah, it's in the middle of a pandemic. Um, Iran can't get medical supplies because yeah, very, of the sanctions that the U.S. imposes. Right, you know, very like, early on. Yeah, they were the they were the worst off. You know, yeah. uh, after they got it basically second after China and they had some of the worst. Yeah, you saw mass there. graves from like outer space. Yeah. Like from COVID deaths, you know? And yeah, and the Venezuela went through the same. Yeah. So Venezuela went to the same, to the same point where they were like desperate enough to take the Russian vaccine, which who knows what the fuck is in that, you know? <laughs> I'm sorry, but the Russians were using them as like an experimentation thing. That the, Mm. that's all it is and that's what the russians were doing in azerbaijan too and fucking armenia they were selling something mm. who knows what yet but they're they're selling you know that's what they do everywhere they went and showed up missiles in syria too but yeah the christian and like 
It's funny, they compete with us for like the Christian Crusaders now. Probably why they weren't mentioned in this movie. Right, right. I heard that uh, uh, Russia and uh, Armenia are mm-hmm. doing some military exercises. You know, it's Sweden hard. Orthodox countries, you know. Yeah. Uh, but the thing is, is Armenia has a more pro-Western president. Mm. or at, at least they did during the conflict. Mm. I believe he's still there. There was protests against, but... Russia is the reason I think they let, and we're getting off track here, so I'll just make this quick. But a reason they think they let Nagorno Karabakh go and let, um, you know, Turkey and Azerbaijan take this territory was because Armenia is had a leader who is friendlier, getting friendlier to the West, and Turkey is getting more hostile to the West. And what happens in Azerbaijan and Armenia is none of Russia's business. They don't really care. They can deal with either of them because they're Russia and they're tiny little countries in that area. But just take Turkey and give Israel something too. You know, they both supply the Azeri army. That's Russia being the good Christian, I guess. Hmm, yeah. Interesting. Huh. But yeah, um, I do like that. Uh, I feel like the um, headscarf tearing off is like a mask parable too. His wife <laughs> tears off the headscarves. <laughs> I feel like there's a lot of people who saw that and were like, yes, yes, that's me. <laughs> I'm not going to cover my head. <laughs> I mean, that's what they think it is, too. You I, know? Yeah, I, mean, I could see some audience. Gotta be close. Yeah, I'm that. sure somebody like yeah. deeply connected with that. If there's a like evangelical smart enough to like write a review on like the imagery. Right. Like any crank like Christian who's smart enough, like if there's, I guess, like somebody from like Brigham Young or like a Catholic might be able to do it. Yeah. 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 If you saw that, I think to them, that's probably like, yeah, hell yeah. 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 Well, (laughs) the the movie is like a fever dream. It doesn't make sense. The character motivations don't make sense, at least on the Iranian side. And so you can just project whatever you want onto anyone. Yeah. Yeah. Why they're doing stuff. Yeah. There's no like, there's criticisms of the religion, but there's like there's good um, Muslims too that are against the government. Yeah, but and, <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, and it's also like, um, he, you know, he still talks about like, oh well, even when they talk about the, uh, you know, the kidnapper, they're like, well, oh, he was bashed and hated on in the UK, mm-hmm. you know, like, oh well, I don't know, should we investigate it? It's kind of weird. Right, ideological like inconsistency yeah. too, because it's like, well, first off, who gives a shit? Because you guys always say like they can't, they're not allowed here, you know, like the yeah. whole thing of like you could like what four years ago you could not understand. I remember Sam Harris talking about it over and over. Like, why would a young man who has TV and a Nintendo Switch go from the UK over to Syria? I said, well, I don't know. Maybe he feels like alienated in his society and everyone hates him and blames him for things. And then they have a character in this, just come out and say it. Right. But then they're also like, yeah, but there's also a Christian resistance to this. Like, you should stop bullying the Muslims and kill them almost, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's, it doesn't, because it doesn't fit together correctly. Yeah. And I don't get why he hates, per- he says he hates Persians, but fortunately he's Kurdish. 
So he likes his Kurdish side and he's working for the Iranian government. That's not the most friendly to Kurds in any state, you know? Right. It's odd. And it's, it doesn't yeah, make it's sense. Just, no, no, it doesn't. And why even? And again, he seems like he's like this free agent, but he doesn't seem even, he doesn't even seem interested in collecting his pay. No. You know? Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't even seem like he, he's fucking interested in like, like, getting the money he's supposed to get to bring this guy because when yeah. it all goes to shit it's like well whatever it's over so i listened to norest to say why he cast this guy from dawson's creek as this kidnapper yeah and he said this is just hilarious so uh Naresta was at some sort of a cigar smoking party and he overheard yes. Judge a Scalia. <laughs> Yeah, yellow yeah. over his face. Yeah. It. yeah. <laughs> and and he says he hears a quote loud person, right? Yeah. And he says, Yeah, there was this uh, loud guy, he was handsome, uh, he was annoying, he called him annoying. And then Narasta says that this guy uh was okay, loud, annoying, dangerous, and charismatic. Now, if those are not orientalist adjectives i don't know what are <laughs> you know yeah. charismatic annoying loud dangerous is just like edward said like literary theory it's you know it's like, like the, the, yeah it's like the in the 300 when like the guys are wearing like masks and throwing like grenades and they're like look they're doing magic right you know right. like this weird fucking goofy shit because they're like from the east like you can't even admit like well that's gunpowder yeah. You know, like it's always this goofy thing. And of course, everything is always so backwards looking. You know, it's fucking right. It's always the Middle East. You always know you're in Iran. Because why? Because they're on like a two story house, because that's the tallest building you can ever find in one of these countries for some yeah. reason. They even did the yellow filter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It immediately yep. switches. Yeah. And it's all over. Yeah. All the fucking. Um, and he, the in the Hezbollah safe house, he is um, it's the yellow filter. Oh, and they even throw in Evan Prison, the most famous one, the John Stewart fucking Rosewater one, the oh everyone from the Green Movement is being tortured there one. It is a, a very much a signifier, not anymore because honestly nobody's smart enough to like even like a name from this anymore i think but evan prison was like a big thing i'd say back in like the war on terror era at least you'd know what it was it was like i think i don't know i mentioned like um i heard about the Hakani network on tv the other day mm. and no one in the room knew what the fuck was. <laughs> I was like yeah you shouldn't like it doesn't exist you know but like <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. like this like yeah it's it's kind of like that where it's like evan prison's like yeah are the Iranians torturing people in there? Yeah, probably. Are some of them like the guys who like tried to plant bombs at the, you know, the mosque? Of, uh, you know, they plant bombs at like mosques and stuff like that. It's like, yeah, because there are like Sunni elements that try and get in there that, you know, they don't like Iran. The, the one thing they hate more than anyone is the Shia. Um, but at the same time, like it's Iran is, I don't know. Iran is always portrayed as such an irrational actor like he's this whole right. movie this whole movie is just ah go get him who the fuck knows why you know and like <laughs> this is a country right now that's like dealing with the taliban 
probably being like, well, thank you for stopping the opium trade because we were sick of drugs running through our country. You know, they act like these countries have, and it is, it's not just like the we love death more than you love life attitude. It's applied to a whole state system, not just a group like ISIS. Literally, the whole state system is basically like, we will act as irrationally as we choose to fucking own you because we that's all we care about is owning the united states like we just want to hate you and it's so ridiculous that like we'll do it to the point of destruction where like we'll kidnap some guy who's totally worthless from egypt not even in our country illegally render yeah. him from egypt that's a huge fucking deal i don't yeah holy shit yeah yeah it's <laughs> the whole uh you know shia crescent is going to come grab right. you you know, yeah, like they have they Iran has through. agents everywhere. Yeah. That's what um, they fly through too. Yeah. They go through all of the fucking oh, mm-hmm. they slipped up from I well, how'd they get through the Sinai? Would they go through Gaza? You know, maybe. And yeah, through the secret tunnels into the West Bank, right? And then they went from the <laughs> West Bank into Lebanon or whatever. You know, and then they end up in Iraq and then they end up in yeah, and finally in Iran. But yeah, it's yeah. so inconsistent. Oh, yeah, yeah. And like the cases where American citizens are imprisoned by Iran. It's usually they're usually within Iran, the Iranian yeah. borders. And I'm not saying something. Yeah, academics. Um, and like you know, like some of them maybe have something to do with the CIA. Maybe I, not. I would say, you know? I, would say mo- I would say a lot of them do because this is where the CIA polls. I couldn't say from. you know, but like a, a few probably. Maybe not, you know, but I. Maybe but the, the Levinson like, guy, but who knows, you know? But that's the thing is like the internal things you hear from inside of Iran from professors, you know, quoted in newspapers, uh, the internal things you learn from studies in Iran that seem to go against government narratives. It's like, you know, it's not, it's illegal for the CIA to manipulate media here. It is not illegal for the CIA to manipulate media and intelligence abroad. If a lie comes back to you planted by the cia in tehran from somewhere in tehran it's no longer a lie once it reaches american papers right mm-hmm. you can quote mm-hmm. a taliban insurgent saying anything it doesn't matter you right. know if they don't exist or if somebody just flips a check in their pocket and honestly if you're a like a if you're in academia chances are you're in the same pool looking for intelligence agents that they are Exactly. Yeah. Because that's where all governments hunt for their intelligence agents. You know, they want highly educated people. So I don't know. It doesn't surprise. It's just the way I do think that that makes sense when they do it, at least you can see the rationale. But yeah, taking a guy from a country that you really don't have any fucking problems with, you know, what does Iran care about Egypt? Yeah, what the fuck is Egypt going to do to Iran? They haven't even showed up for like the GCC party in Yemen. Mm, you know, mm-hmm, they can't mm-hmm. afford to send anything because they're too busy in like the Sinai and uh, Long Gaza and stuff. Well, they're hemorrhaging money because of the sanctions and yeah. like all the surrounding countries are like in turmoil, <laughs> you know, is right. Yeah. And so the idea though that you oil would take, prices, yeah, the idea that you would take an American through an American allied country, well, from an American allied country, as shitty as they are, like, you know, they are an ally. You take them from there and then you're taking them to, Lebanon is not 
you know, anarchy, man. You, Lebanon is also like does business with the Saudis and the United States and Israel for that matter. You right. It's just like, hey, we think the Americans in Lebanon, like, she is, it's just, well, spoiler to the end here, the Mossad saves the man. <laughs> the blo- This blog. Oh, yeah, we need to talk it. about that. Yeah. Yeah. But we haven't even talked about like, that whole subject about, yeah, regime yeah, change. He manages more. to make it through Israel somehow. Right. Presumably. Mm-hmm. With, and, and Lebanon. And no one's ever like, hey, check Lebanon. Maybe he's hanging out in this giant Hezbollah convoy we just saw coming up from Syria. Or something, <laughs> you know? With the bandanas and what, yeah. Yeah, yeah with the dudes hanging out the back, you know, uh, <laughs> with the hanging out the back on 50 cals, like in the tech in the technical thing. Yeah. Well, well, yeah, well, we watched them cross the border. We just figured they were on vacation, you know, nobody thought anything of it. But yeah, they yeah. somehow like managed to make it through like the whole Middle East all the way to Tehran, and nobody ever says like Yo, why is that white guy hanging out with like these dudes in like orange headbands, like praising the the mom Ali? You know, like, mm-hmm. no one. It does. It says like yeah, and they're right about this one because unintentionally, our U.S. intelligence sucks. They're not fucking good at their job. But yeah, let's go into the last scene here, and some final thoughts. Uh, why don't you Man. tell us what happens at the very end? At the very end, so um. The State Department wife, Liz, runs into Mossad agents. Uh, They say, we're going to help you get your husband out of prison. We're going to use him as a cover for three Iranian dissidents that we are trying to rescue. Now, that's a bit of a like a realism stretch to me. I I don't know if Mossad would break out three Iranian dissidents. But anyway, leaving that aside. They would go shoot a scientist. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, leaving. Yeah, they're they're too busy like uh, doing industrial. Um, uh, what's the term? Not espionage. Uh, wrecking industrial machinery, sabotage. Yeah, industrial sabotage and that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and they so, talk about it on TV too. They don't just like do right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're pretty open about it. And like the Mossad agents are like, okay, you're going to help us out, you know, get these three Iranian dissidents if we get your husband out as a public cover for the three dissidents. And so the Mossad guys are basically the most competent and heroic and self-sacrificing characters in the movie. They come at the near the very end, they show up and they rescue the day. Uh, One of them gets killed getting this blogger out of prison. You know? Yeah, yeah. And uh, I don't know. I guess the American audience is... I, I mean, how I interpret this is, like, of course you can't admit the CIA is going to rescue this guy from Iranian prison. But if Mossad does it, it's okay. It means that the U.S. isn't directly messing with Iran. That's how I read it. I don't know. What do you think about uh, that? I think, it, actually, I think... The, I. I I don't know. It's I read it like that, but I also think that it's accurate. Right. Um, if it was going to be someone to go do that stupid shit, it would be the Mossad. Yeah. That's who it would be because the Mossad is already so active within Iran, right? Yeah. Um, I don't think, but do I think that they like would care? Probably not. We wouldn't. We wouldn't fucking care. We wouldn't give a shit. What? What? What if they took the Gateway pundit tomorrow? Mm. The only president who would like send SEAL Team Six for that is Trump. 
you know right. there's yeah what if they took i don't know steven crowder be like oh give us a state department employee <laughs> for him like, no <laughs> fuck keep yeah. him yeah what do we fucking care he's dying all the time anyway go yeah. ahead yeah you know but yeah um <laughs> it, i just don't mm-hmm. it's funny too that israel like israel is the real culprit of this right israel fucking kidnaps people off of like dark trains traveling to russia in the middle of the night mm. and suddenly their family hears from them six months later from an israeli prison you know mm-hmm. israel mm-hmm. goes i mean shit you, you know we talked about that movie about the iranian assassinations in the u.s there's a mm-hmm. whole movie about a Mossad agent flying around the world blowing up everybody who blew up munich just because he wants to do like what an eye for an eye type shit you know right you know, right and I, there's a couple of israeli movies i mean sasha baron cohen made that whole one where he that whole series where he's oh look at how good i am at pretending to be syrian even though i'm jewish you know mm-hmm. um i recently watched uh who was it who was the big one that was tried is it hamler that they got from argentina Oh, uh, Eichmann? Eichmann, yeah. I watched that Eichmann one not too long ago. Where it's like, I don't know. It's funny to see these scenes because Eichmann is so early where it's like the Israeli flags are still being draped over balconies. It's like, oh, okay, you're driving Eichmann past a bunch of houses. Like, that's a stolen house. That's a stolen house. That's Oh, wow, these are all newly stolen. Like, where'd everybody go? <laughs> you know, it's... <laughs> yeah yeah the messaging is very weird with like israeli propaganda it, it gets very strange sasha van cohen is one of the most baffling ones to be and we'll have to actually maybe do an episode on him in general interesting like, i haven't seen this i don't think well just the way that he uh does and doesn't express zionism like mm-hmm. he's pro-israel but he'll mock like hardcore zionists and it's just it comes out to some strange results that we'll have, we'll have to put together an episode on that. But yeah, anyway, yeah, this yeah. is like the idea that the Mossad, again, that anyone would go for this fucking like a guy who would, in reality would be named like Frank Flunker, you know, or something fucking stupid. And he'd be from like Minnesota, like the wastelands of Minnesota. And he's like five foot four because he's like a German, you know, his family used to pull ox carts in the old country. He would be a complete idiot and they would let him go. He'd be like that last Jew in Afghanistan. They'd be like, get out, get out of the prison. Shut up. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They literally wouldn't want, you wouldn't want to listen to that fucking guy. Like imagine <laughs> pulling the hood off and he's like, I know what you do to Christians. I'm going to say a fucking 13 hour prayer. I, I'm going to filibuster like Ted Cruz, my hero. Legend. You know? Yeah, I know, yeah, I know yeah. what to do with this. You can't shoot me if I've uh, filibustered the whole hearing. You know, you guys got to let me go now. Yeah, yeah so this I is just, very strange. It was just oh, yeah? a weird fucking movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it's another weird thing because, like, you feel like this movie is something that would show before the U.S. tried regime change via the back door, you know? Yeah, it, it's not a regime change movie. Like it shows a like a, a prison break, but and it is not really a revolution. But it's implied that if this Christian church gets big enough, then they're going to carry out a revolution, and that yeah. the U.S. might or 
might not have plausible deniability about what it does in that situation, you know? We won't have anyone who will ever be a part of that. <laughs> we All of our friends are the biggest fucking losers. If it, there's like some type of regime change in Iran, mm-hmm. our hands will be on it once it starts, like the Arab Spring shit. But we won't have any part in like picking who it'll be at this point, I think. You know, because I don't see, like, why... The people we trust are just cranks outside. Right, right. The MEK themselves, they left Iran after the revolution, went to Iraq, and fought with Saddam uh, against Iran in one of their most brutal war that lasted 10 years. You know? Mm -hmm, There's mm -hmm. no way that... And the Shah, I'm sorry, but everyone remembers the Shah leaving. And this is everyone we do, isn't it? Chalabi in Iraq, Juan Guaido, uh, ha, fucking Ashraf Ghani, all of these people. They're complete right. frauds who managed to lie to like the Brookings Institution and whoever the hell listens, mm-hmm. you know, the Atlantic Council, whatever. And they get a bunch of money and then they just, you know, Guaido had his own fucking Richard Branson concert. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, with the 1979 revolution, like the U.S. was kind of like, oh, no, the Shah fucked up. And then they're like, I guess we're going to back Ayatollah Khomeini. Like early on, like uh, Jimmy Carter's like, oh, we're both men of God. And early on, um, uh, God forbid you have a democracy. Yeah. Yeah. The U.S. president sent a general to make sure that the Iranian army that was still loyal to the Shah wouldn't revolt against the new Islamic government that was emerging you know mm-hmm. so like even the u.s was pretty non-committal in the 1979 well, revolution who would be in charge in the end you know yeah absolutely and, and the, the thing is, is like the threat was it wasn't even um you know the sort of um people who supported the democracy that had been taken over when the shah returned right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh Mossadegh, it, it wasn't even necessarily Mossadegh supporters but younger like students and like i suppose like small r republicans and small d democrats liberals basically and mm-hmm. some marxists some socialists and things like that but like every country that can't happen you know mm. say land reform motherfucker i dare you say nationalization <laughs> try it you know right Those right are the two like cursed words that you may never utter if you're part of like the global south but oh yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, even though the U.S. like imposed the U.S. imposed it on Japan after World War II, like the U.S. did a land reform in Japan, but then when Cuba tries it, you know, (laughs) yeah, that that, no, no, that's that's another good story too. Yeah, we made Cuba Marxist on accident. Whoops. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. Uh, fuck Allende, same thing. Mm. Not a hard left socialist by any means, but land reform, land reform, right. in Latin America, that's the big one. Or you're not going to be able to mine here and dump all the wastewater on this like children's hospital. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, those are your choices for Latin America. Right. And stop using our kids as slaves. But uh, <laughs> no, I, <laughs> I, I think we should, yeah, we're close to wrapping it up here. But yeah, all in all, this shit's inconsistent. But we're going to touch on uh, the review from Ebert's website. Unfortunately, Ebert himself did not feel the need to contribute to the grave. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's some interesting things in here. So 
infidels disturbing an American kidnapped by Hezbollah during an interfaith conference held in Cairo. The American ends up in a notorious Tehran prison. Blah, 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 blah. He is given a death sentence based on the trumped-up charge that he was a spy for the CIA. Again, never made clear. Right. Never made clear. Um, just like Dinesh was a dangerous criminal, right? He, uh, Jim Caviezel is a dangerous blogger. Hey, that's a fucking, you know, that's why he produced this piece of shit. That's like how he wins. It's that's good him. casting. Yeah, the, the IRGC is Obama. <laughs> Dinesh. Yeah, yeah. Obama <laughs> sending billions over in planes to the yeah, Iranian look, Islamic look Republic, what, yeah. Look what Muslims do to good Christian men who are trying to just give people money. And like, <laughs> blog. The dude was just trying to blog like me. And all of a sudden, he finds himself in front of a firing squad. Probably why he gave him the money. You know, that seems like that's because that's exactly what he imagines here. Like, he talks about his uh, his time under the tax for, or under the shit with um, you know, the election fraud or uh-huh, uh-huh. donation shit. And he's like, oh yeah, I was a prisoner in a political or a political prisoner. Obama couldn't. He literally says in the beginning of, I believe. Hillary's America, he says, they could not handle dreams from my real father. Which I don't think Obama gives two fucks. What I don't think Obama remembers yeah, yeah. who Dinesh D'Souza is by this point. No. He's not on Twitter. He's not watching fucking the 18 appearances like Dinesh has to make to keep a roof over his head. Um it, but yeah, Dinesh made it seem like I was so dangerous they had to put me in this fucking halfway house where I'd get a subway sandwich every night on my way back. Okay, so going on with this tribute, the faith aspect of this is foregrounded to some degree, but not as much as you might think. Uh, Narasta does not make the mistake of presenting Doug as a saintly martyr. He's not even particularly brave. That's true. That's true. He's an oaf. True, true. Yeah. He's just a dumbass. Yeah. He that's why you believe he's a blogger. I don't if this it's a Caviezel CIA, role, yeah. yeah. It's yeah, made this for him. CIA, yeah. we're that's why this should have been a comedy, you know. Like Pretty Team much. America World Police. Yeah. Yeah, just, like, yeah like one of those um like 30 minutes or less or something. Oh yeah. Keep the same plot, but make it comedic. Yeah, yeah. make it 30 minutes or less, but in Tehran. Like yeah. a Jesse Eisenberg movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, and, you know, uh, here it talks about the, okay, later in the telephone conversation, his wife says, you're preachy. It weirds people out. <laughs> Again, she's correct, too. Some of yep, these characters yep. are correct. Yeah, yeah. if you, uh, granted, Doug was on a TV show in Cairo. He was being asked about his religious beliefs. Probably the only correct place. But being invited to a show for being a blogger in the first place, no, you're a loser. Stop doing that. People don't need that. People don't need you to do that for them. Just leave it alone. <laughs> and yeah, and here we go. Doug's lead captor is Ramsey, played by Turkish Cypriot-born British actor. British actor. Uh, how Ozan. Ozan brings a sense of um, almost playfulness to his interrogations of Doug, making him an extremely unpredictable and sometimes frightening figure. So he literally <laughs> they said the same thing. They said the same out. thing the director said. Yeah, 
Yeah. That he's checked out. He doesn't yeah. give a shit about for some reason, this guy does not give a fuck about this job. He literally no. turns his back all the time on Cabezal. He's like, oh, huh, where'd he go? Yeah. He tries to reason with Doug. Just tell them what they want to hear, and this will all be over. Yeah, literally, like, I don't want to even torture you. Like, I don't care about this shit. Um, his British accent destabilizes him from a specific region, and he tells Doug radicalization due to the Brugable treatment. Oh, he was in the U.S. Wait. Oh, wow. Why do I remember the UK? That is weird. His okay. Accent, his accent. Yeah, I guess. But Ramsey is no sneering, stereotypical Middle Eastern villain. Villain. He comes from a very authentic place of anger and grievance. Oh, my God. Please explain it to me. And it isn't particularly devout. Religion doesn't come into his reasoning at all. He's practical. He's a it practical comes in at the, the end. World. It changes. But he, it, he, here, here's their description. He's a practical man of the world. That's it. He does it doesn't draw. say what is practical. What are you talking about, Review? He doesn't draw <laughs> in broad brush strokes like everyone else in Infidel. He doesn't generalize. He doesn't believe any ideology. That's his ideology. That's, that's the ideology. You know. <laughs> ideology I don't agree with this review. <laughs> no, and this is why it's right. This is why it this is so weird. Yeah. I love this. After this, we're checking out a couple one-star ones before I let you go on Amazon. Sounds great, <laughs> this one, yeah. This only got two and a half. And Doug's wife, quite her husband out of Iran, that makes up its thriller movie, second half. I, debatable. Thriller is debatable. <laughs> he doesn't do shitty. What the fuck? The ideological and the- theological questions posed by the first half are mainly tossed out the window. Yes, true. Yep, yes. yeah, yeah. Although the vestiges of her remain. In Tehran, she is taken by a group of persecuted Christians who hold services in secret in someone's home. They heard of her plight and wanted to help. Among their ranks are prison guards who pass messages to prison. Imagine walking into an Iranian prison. You're the guy who interrogates Western prisoners. And you think, one, you're not going to be the most loyal that they, they will put in there. And two, that you're going to like carry any like contraband in a place where like, hey, you're gonna go in front of the firing squad next, bro. You know, mm-hmm. um, that's just a ridiculous thought. And like that, the not that prisoners would like be or prison guards would be unhappy with their jobs because they should be, but the fact that like you work for a state security service, like yeah, just go through this like it's for all 12 of us here that have planned to overthrow the government like this would be good for us like no thanks uh, you know i'd rather take yeah and make money at that point so yeah it goes on um the harvard plate wanted to help among the ranks of the prison guards uh they, they're all flouting authorities uh added layer of complexity is that the prison guards are not christians but muslims okay i see you People keep saying complexity about this film, but it's there, no. not. It, it literally <laughs> smacks you in the face with every fucking yeah. thing. The it's like George call. W. Bush Islamophobia is like, oh, like a, a, like invading Afghanistan and Iraq. It, oh, but let's not be Islamophobic. You know, it's like that. <laughs> it's like Kirk Cameron level, right? Like his wife yeah. calls him in Egypt and he's, just, he's like, why did you say that? You said Jesus is Lord. And that's <laughs> Like, okay, like, yeah, you know, I think 
any of you in your audience either should have got that or maybe they should spend more time in the fucking queue. I'm sorry, but like I got the reason like that was supposed to be like the dangerous thing he said before they even acknowledged that's what he said, you know? Right. I knew immediately because I was like, well, it starts off here. It can't go long before it's action. He said Jesus is the only God. So uh, the action sequences are handled confidently. They're mentally legitimate, gripping moments. The best moments were made for the small ones. Cabezal (laughs) is often a very solemn figure on screen. Okay. And here, Carbon makes him laugh. She forces him not to take himself too seriously. Doug is a believer, but he's not self-righteous. He even admits it was stupid to try to preach to the camera on Cairo TV at one point. Ramsey says to Doug Riley, we take this shit far too seriously, mate. And then the last line of this fucking uh, review is, it's something to consider. And I will tell you folks, it is not. (laughs) There is nothing there. All right, we got to... We're going to go check on Amazon and see, like, hopefully there's, like, Iranian spam spam bot reviews of this fucking... Oh, yeah, yeah. I was trying to find, like, English language Iranian reviews, because I just want to know... What they... Yeah, well, what do Iranians, if they saw this movie, what the hell would they think, you know? Yeah, and I think this will probably come up in a lot of stuff we end up doing in the future, but regime change, when the U.S. is, like, you know, backing it, is typically fucking pretty unpopular you know yeah yeah even if you don't support the state and you know look at uh guaido right and mm-hmm. Juan guaido was supported by the western states and hey that makes people weary man you can't just be bringing in this goofy like yeah fake pete davidson looking motherfucker yeah really, yeah yeah he's your president you know yeah you, um so yeah here what was it going for uh Oh, yeah, the Amazon ones. <laughs> Amazon. Don't let me down. Let's see what the fine folks who hate this movie have to say. There probably won't be many. We'll read some funny five-star reviews. Because <laughs> this is the best part of it all, isn't it? Knowing what the masses really want. Oops, I accidentally got Ian Hersey Ali's Infidel. Oh, book. my God. <laughs> I forgot about it. Oh, God. Yeah, I see it right under it. <laughs> Actually, one star, four percent. Okay, one star. Uh, David, and the title of the review is Dinesh D'Souza. <laughs> that rocks. It's just Dinesh D'Souza for the title of the one star. After watching this movie, why am I not surprised out is to find out this movie was bankrolled by Dinesh D'Souza? The movie bleeds so much arrogance. I would just say it just bleeds like apathy. It, <laughs> If only history would have shown us the cute the destruction that hubris brings. Oh wait, what? What what was this joy? The actor, Jim Caviezel's face, is irrelevant to me. I watched it because I enjoyed his show person of interest. <laughs> <laughs> That's a jump. Yeah, the okay. The show Well maybe not. Had, no, yeah. <laughs> I I don't know. That's the a show crime show, right? Movie. Yeah, it was a pre. It, it's like a spy procedural. The one where they had to like, uh, mm. grips give him like his lines on 
yeah yeah index cards and shit yeah they had to read in the screen and what yeah yeah he yeah he could not act and yeah there's that story in that q anonymous episode where he's like look a clone when he's supposed to be saying look a drone or whatever and then like, like 30 <laughs> takes he's like dude what the fuck is wrong with you and why can't i go home uh so all right uh for some interest but this storyline definitely had room for improvement there was no storyline, so I agree with you, David. Uh, movie definitely doesn't help the division of today's society. Like some lib shit. Portraying white Christians. Oh, yeah, this is some lib shit. White Christians as the righteous and the persecuted while portraying Muslims as the enemy, making one or a few Muslim characters as friendly doesn't fix the issue. Oh, okay. I'm going to stop again. Show me. The American Christian that's oppressed. Show me. There are Mooney papers you can go pick up for free on any like, fucking corner in a major East Coast city. There are uh, Falun Gong papers. You can They'll just throw them at you. <laughs> yeah. Twice a year they show up and they buy every billboard. You know, mm-hmm. like, the fucking idea of, like, Oh well, this is like causing division, and like we can't handle, uh, you know, this extreme Christianity, and then portraying Muslims as like dangerous, and like there's no type of way where you just, oh yeah, could the American media just like I don't know what make them friends, you know, mm-hmm. like because the only way the American media can like make an immigrant story or like a foreigner story is. There has to be some conflict of like whether you want to kill them or deport them. Yeah, that's the only conflict you yeah. understand in relation to the situation, right? Like, yeah, that's a good point. Ugh. Yeah, there is no other way that we like see them. There's the lib, um, you know, anti-war movie, which is like, oh, my refugee friend, he's getting deported, and then there's this one where it's just like, look at what they do. They kidnap somebody with a fucking. Uh, you know, a live journal <laughs> and take them to Tehran. Um, so this is no different than movies portraying African-Americans and Latinos as murderers, gangbangers, womanizers, and uneducated. Okay, well, okay. First off, womanizers, that's Hollywood. So you can't blame that on anyone, race. They're all like that. It is no different than in how Japanese were portrayed in the media and treated by society during World War II. This is a lame one. Give me something else. What else you got? You know, you know what the my favorite line I heard from a review of this movie was? Uh, so a guy was, a guy, like this reviewer on YouTube was like, oh yeah, I heard Dinesh D'Souza was attached to this film and I thought it'd be over, like like overly political or whatever. Uh, but I didn't think anything in Infidel was uh, too outrageous, not anything more outrageous than you see in 24. Yeah, oh yeah. I, I, <laughs> so he I, was I, like, yeah. oh, it, it met the 24 standard of excellence. <laughs> it is stupidity. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. this is- this not really is. It's like this isn't any worse than twenty four. Yeah, but twenty four is really bad. <laughs> yeah, we should do uh, one night. We'll do a fun night and watch like four lions. Hell yeah! Yeah, 
That's the the cool. That's like what a terror cell actually looks like. And you know what? Honestly, if you look at that, that'll like that is much more common as a Western terror cell. We should do like that compared to like the dipshits here because they basically <laughs> act the same, and it's very accurate. But this, all right, here's some good reviews that point out just this. Uh, just some dude says, just hacked me from the opening scene. Every character, every scene is slapdash. The characters are ridiculous and ultimately caricatures. And I'm conservative gun to I'm a conservative gun-toting Catholic. Get out of my church, you fucking hypocrite. Anyways, this fundo Christianity, bro. You have more in common with them. I'm sorry, I'm going off on my own track here, but no, you're right. I just found a, uh, I, I think a twelver Shia negative review oh, of this. Yeah. He says, "Move well." What he said, so uh, I won't say the name, but he said a one star review. This movie is based on a lie. The United States is the largest sponsor of terrorism in the world. Uh, the United States assassinated the brave Iranian general Qasem Soleimani, who was the biggest <laughs> enemy of oh, ISIS. Yeah. He has a point. Like Soleimani did, kind of work with Dude, the U.S. to I, defeat I, ISIS. You know, I said it the other day. Was just the best modern general. Like he he's a monster, but yeah, he was pretty skilled. <laughs> he's pretty I, good at his job, <laughs> you know, for what's worth. Yeah. And I would say that the times <laughs> the times where the man had to allow his monstrous side to come out often were matters of life and death for Iran. You know. He did come up through the Iran-Iraq war. Yeah. He yeah. did go step in in Iraq when it was clear that, and I know everybody loves to give him credit, but maybe like the YPG in Syria, but the YPK and shit, or the, uh, you know, the Peshmerga mm-hmm. in Iraq, mm-hmm. not effective. You know, mm. you remember this part where it was like, the Peshmerga will hold up against the Turks in Kirkuk for weeks. No. No, they won't. You know, so that's like how these groups are. They're represented as like something stronger than they're not. If that makes sense. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, Soleimani was like, from what I little I've read, like skilled general. Um, he served, let's just say he served the Islamic Republic of Iran's government well. <laughs> Yes, but, but also like their standard, you know. Kurds fought on the side of the Iranians during yeah. the Iran-Iraq War. Because yeah, that happened. Yeah, Saddam was much worse because at the same time we were handing him buckets of mustard gas. You know, right? Yeah, yeah. If, it's if like, what UN, what do you do in that situation? You know. Yeah, yeah. That goes back to like, oh yeah, yeah. Let's you may not too. like the Islamic government, but they're doing things for reasons, right? And let's say this too. Yeah. Um, you know, we talked earlier about how the U.S. kind of wanted, like, the Islamic faction to win out in the Iranian Revolution. Well, in the Democratic Revolution happening next door in Iraq, mm. um, they wanted a certain general to come out on top and to hold right. a big conference where he killed people on TV. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then these two countries begin going to war with each other, basically at the behest and with permission of the West. Yeah. Uh, Iraq is funded openly. Iran, due to the te- the uh, hostages, has to be funded covertly. Right, Iran Contra. Yeah, the U.S. Yeah, is selling weapons to yeah. Not Iran, only yeah. that, the CIA under Reagan hands over the Islamic Revolutionary Government 
lists of Marxists and Democrats and trade yep. union leaders. Yep. So this is the Republican president handing over. Yeah. Even just like classical liberals, basically, because yeah, a demo like a small D Democrat in Iran is like probably like uh, I don't know, uh, a never Trump conservative here or now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're probably closer to that, you know. Right, right. All right. So, so this guy ends. He says, "Hoping for the day when Mahdi will come." <laughs> That's how the review ends. Me too, sir. <laughs> Please let me know if you see him. <laughs> Get him in here. This shit. Israel needs a spanking. Oh, here we go. Um, oh, the arrogance, naivety, and presumptuous nature. Caviezel seems to have nailed it all right. I want my 499 back. <laughs> if I all right, here's one. Laura. If I could give it zero stars, I would. Arguably one of the worst written and acted movies I've had to sit through in a long time. The female lead was horrible. I love Jim Caviezel, but he was terrible and not giving good <laughs> material. For, okay, he was terrible and not giving good material for this film. He doesn't know his material. No, that's yeah. The, that's the problem, lady. He has trouble memorizing yeah. his lines. He's not even trying yeah. to do his material. He doesn't give a shit. He thinks you're a rube, man. Right, I, don't, I don't know. I think he thinks he's a real actor. I just think he's just like oh, gullible insane, or yeah, ignorant yeah it's weird he's very he's very pilled in like a weird 2000s way right he doesn't seem to be on like the george uh, or like the donald trump train or anything like that right yeah but he seems like pilled in a weird like fucking um forces of like darkness and light kind like of an early michael flynn way right like how michael flynn was before you guy yeah 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 very much that like michael sense. flynn like yeah this is like an ideological struggle it's not pressing but that's what it is you know right it seems like he's more like that and he like incorporates a lot of the conspiracies into that mm -hmm. so here's my last one from uh michael velez one star amazon i thought i was purchasing an inspirational faith-based film. And I was completely wrong. The movie focused very little on faith and very much on attempting to make it a suspense film. I was disappointed to hear Jim Caviezel, the man who played Jesus in The Passion of the Christ, and the man who spoke so openly about his faith in Jesus, go to as far as dropping the F-bomb in this film. This film, just didn't seem very authentic to me. Very sad. Oh, and they very sad's its own sentence. That's some Trump style writing. <laughs> yep. Yep. Oh yeah. I'm that's helpful. I'm marking it as helpful. Thank you. Oh, I have a one-star review. Oh, it just ahead. says, if you are a Christian, you're going to love this movie. One star. <laughs> yeah. The people who find it awful are right. They're all correct. Yeah, yeah. Oh, here's a good one titled Uneducated, Never Traveled, Make Bad Choices. You will love this movie. I like this one that says, it doesn't look like Tehran at all. It's like, yeah, it was filmed in Jordan. <laughs> of course yeah, it doesn't yeah. look like Tehran. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny that, too, that like, let's say for a second, like Jordan is, you know, people might not know, actually. Jordan is a fucking uh, kingdom in the Middle East, too. 
you know, by fucking, they're on the other side of Palestine. Um, but Jordan is where all the Palestinians went. But at the same time, Jordan is a huge fan of ours. So they will both let us secretly film. Well, they'll both let us film in their country, but they'll also make us hide it. So, like, I don't know, the Palestinian diaspora doesn't get word. Right. Because yeah. you're making a movie that's slandering the only country that actually allows money to go to, like, the West Bank and Gaza now. Mm. Even the mm. Saudis themselves have cut off, like, cash transfers to Palestinians. So this one about being... Uh, Oh my god, I gotta do two and then I'm out of here. <laughs> All right. This one is the uh, uneducated one. Anyone listening to the opening scenes where Jim's Muslim friend continuously refers to him as an infidel. Yeah. No one, oh, we no didn't talk Muslim. about that guy. Yeah. Sorry. No any we, Muslims yeah. that do that? Me neither. Yeah, this guy, he got it. Yeah, that was so awkward, that beginning party scene that like for, and, and he's we did, I can't believe we forgot yeah, this guy, yeah. David, he is uh, Doug Rollins, uh, philicidal uh, work husband for Doug. He's like the work husband. They can talk about news. And he right. kills his daughter to... Why did Honor. he kill his daughter? Honor remember that? Yeah, but also to frame someone. It's very weird. Yeah, yeah. We yeah, totally got that plot. Again, it's all, but it's it's all <laughs> fucking convoluted, convoluted yeah. man. Yeah, he's he's the first major uh, Islamic character we meet. He kills his daughter, and he's this like swarthy, shifty. How he's how the camera angles him and frames him. What he's just you know, yeah. <laughs> they should remake this movie, but it's Italian. Yeah, it's all, it's all Italian people. Yeah, and they and they, they that makes sense that they have no mo- reason for their mo- like behind their plan. Yeah, it's like yeah, this seemed like it might make us money. Jim Caviezel should be like the anarchist Italian terrorist. Yeah, we should watch this double feature with Gotti. <laughs> oh God, I haven't seen that. I feel like um, I need to. All right, right wing Islam, Islamophobic, preachy, and boring. One star by. True. You guys, you guys bought this. Nice. Yeah, that's that's odd about some of these. Is like I thought they would know what they're getting into. I don't know. I, it's weird. I, well, you know what it is. It's they think it's like thirteen hours where they can't pick apart the politics. Or like, oh yeah. Um, what's another one that was out that was big? Um, well, zero dark thirty. Right, mm-hmm. Zero Dark Thirty mm-hmm. highly uh, rem- like scrubs the actual political machinations going on. Right. Yeah. At the higher levels, right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's now, a personal story. Yeah. It's all yeah, about this career climber. And that's how most. Yeah, and that's how most of them are at best. And like the few critical war movies we get are either critiques of how the war is done. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what it is about Green Zone with Matt Damon that comes off so bad. Yeah, well, it's almost like he's so gullible that he thinks that the U.S. is trying to establish a stable Iraqi government, yeah. but then he learns, he goes down the rabbit hole, and then he learns something that everyone should already know by that point, you know? And not only that, he also learns, like, we need to stop debathification. Your yeah, I forgot about he, that. Yeah. 
Yeah, he doesn't agree with debathification and he's yeah. trying to like actually save Iraqi generals. Because he's like trying to warn the Iraqis that like, yeah, they're coming to kill you. As if liberals didn't know what they were doing. You know, I mean, maybe some of them didn't, but I'm sure a lot of them knew what was going on, you know? Right, yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's, it was a very strange like perspective from that kind of movie. Yeah. Right, last Amazon. Amazon should warn you, this is produced by ultra right-wing studio. Masquerading is a mainstream movie. Buddy, this is mainstream now. You better get the fuck used to it. Oh, boy, yeah. You're going to be seeing this forever now. Look how much Mike Pillow's son is playing, motherfucker. That's like 10 more movies right there. They only make yeah. $4 million, so that's not going to pay for them. Not only is the content Islamophobic, the movie is boring and the acting is terrible. <laughs> Again, correct. Yeah. Amazon customer Amazon should warn customers if they're going to offer content that comes with an agenda. What do you think? Okay. You lost me, bud. It's yeah. Art. It's called art. This is not art. Not that this is art. This is no. But any like visual medium and or art. Um, I just wanted to watch an action movie. Not a, get a steaming heap of preaching. It's an action movie based in Tehran made in the united states what do you, you think you were gonna get man yeah what, what do you think you're, the idea that that's why we're gonna hit some other movies too in this in this show because it's time to explain like the ideology of the shit that people like don't think is ideological you know yeah because so like, like oh go ahead yeah no you're good no just like narasta saying that he just wanted to make a thriller and like i actually think he's being honest there i don't think he was trying to pitch a political message but it just automatically comes out right like right. you can he try to make his, a thriller he has his beliefs behind him yeah there's it's no like way any, you make a movie set in iran that doesn't produce a neoconservative talking point you know it's like if it you know yeah if you know like an openly like misogynist director that you've heard stories about in hollywood if you, i mean if you know a quentin tarantino movie you know there's going to be somebody's feet Right, yeah. You know, like, it's just... It's automatic. It's, like, it's their shitty style, you know? It's, yeah. like, there's stuff ingrained in them where they're, like, yeah, I, I yeah. like it. Did yeah. we really think 24 was just going to be, like, an innovative, like, action movie TV show? Like, it's going to be that plus Islamophobia and terrorism and, you know, also all this politics, you know? Yeah. Well, that's why we all watch Homeland. Right. Oh, or dude. cop shows. Oh, you know? man. All right. You want the five-star <laughs> review? Yes. The one that popped up as I was about to close the page. <laughs> this is the unvarnished truth about how radical Islam operates. Great storyline that reveals how American Jew jurisprudence and the liberal media turns justified scrutiny of actions of bad actors into the catch-all phrase of Islamophobia. Oh my gosh. Thankfully, we have people uh. who are willing to speak out against tyranny and oppression and oppression detailed in the movie the filmmakers are among the most righteous people God, 47 is this people ironic like that review was was that review ironic that was in the five stars man let me see what else he's reviewed now we're gonna go down this <laughs> rabbit hole that's that. so weird it's almost like he took the propaganda as like yeah you're yeah. so right <laughs> yeah it seems like yeah if that's how Islam, uh, like radical Islam, like operates, I don't know how it's still kicking. How <laughs> it's depicted as a film, you know? <laughs> yeah, this guy is a crank, it seems like. Um, 
use price points or like mechanical price. This is probably not good either. You guys probably shouldn't be buying a bunch of weird like conductors. Whatever. I'm sure the FBI will figure it out. If they <laughs> talk to him a week later. <laughs> yeah, we know this guy. We talked to him uh, six months ago. He said he wasn't making bombs, and we figured, well, fucking, not gonna get more than that. Yeah, that's the strategy. Like he told us he wasn't, so I don't, I don't know what the fuck you want me to do. I couldn't smell the bomb juice through the door, and I couldn't hear anyone screaming. So, like that fucking Nashville guy, right? The girlfriend called, and she's like, "Hey, he's making bombs." Like, all right, you're getting a ticket for being a mouthy broad like straight to jail like what the f- what is this yeah you're not even gonna open the trailer bro um well yeah. i don't that case could be just the f i don't know if the fbi set that guy up i could see both ways both the fbi messing up or like mm-hmm. just pure negligence or them actually setting this crazy guy up who's saying nonsense and then sets up this bomb in the middle I, well that happened in oklahoma city yeah, I, I used to walk by this bank and apparently the FBI kind of set up a guy to put fake, uh, like a van full of fake explosives near this bank in Oklahoma City. Um, I don't remember if this happened in the 90s or what, but the FBI set him up to do that. Uh, bomb didn't go off. They were fake explosives and they arrested him. So something very similar like what happened in Tennessee happened in Oklahoma City a while back. Well, the Tennessee ones went off, right? Yeah, those run. Yeah, well, that's yeah, was, yeah, that's the flaw in my. Uh, maybe the FBI accidentally put real explosives into the you know uh, fake van. <laughs> it's it's there's something to say about it, and again for another day. But the fact <laughs> that the FBI talks to everyone from the Boston bombers, mm. they talk to this guy who's making bombs and is like double wide in this backyard. They talk to uh, you know school shooters multiple times. They talk to all types of people. Then they talk to Omar Mateen, who did the uh, Pulse shooting. Right. They'd been to visit him. Yeah. You had all those documents about Adam Waffen and the FBI messing with them. Yeah. And I believe they had some, like, info on McVeigh, too, didn't they? Because he was in a Michigan, like, he was affiliated with the Michigan militia. Like, yeah, you know. (laughs) Yeah, they got it. I don't know. This movie is something else. I want, I hope that we see the return of D'Souza to the uh, aping Michael Moore style. I hope he goes back to directing soon. Yeah. Um, no? Show me more. I can't wait to see what he learns about the Democratic Party and what they're really doing next. What the hell because is he going to do? <laughs> he's the only, well, he's the only guy who can, uh, you might make a movie about like how Joe Biden's brain is controlled. I would love to see him do one on the popular front between the Communist Party USA and the Democratic Party and the segregationists, but I don't think he's read that deeply, you know? Bro, their history goes back to like 1984. <laughs> yeah, yeah. De could be making actually good movies, but uh, he hasn't read enough uh, communist history. <laughs> yeah, their, their history goes from... I'd say like what, 1776, the Hamilton or some bullshit. The greatest the hits. Banks. Yeah, the Federalists, yeah. <laughs> so the Federalists taking over, right? And then it would yeah. be like 
okay, well, we're cool. Like, we get the Civil War. One side's all right. And then since then, like, history just kind of blanked, you know? Yeah, like, like maybe the founding of the Federal Reserve. Maybe. Maybe if it's not the story that, like, three people did it in secret in the middle of the night. (laughs) Yeah, yes. Yes. If it's the real (laughs) one, yeah, maybe I'll hear that. But I, I think the most annoying thing part about it is now is they're fucking all the conspiracies are back mm-hmm. and you know what i think that's probably a good place to wrap because i want to suggest this for the next one yeah what do we watch and we can we can probably watch it live oh Ooh. like we'll do a live stream or something on either here on discord here on twitch or on discord all right let's go for the real shit put it in my veins i'm ready for a q movie folks yeah. We need to find which Q documentary we like best. We need to find which one they're all watching right now. But let's start strong. Episode two is going to be absent. You think this is bad shit? Wait. <laughs> we got something. So yeah, that I don't know. Any final thoughts on this fucking pilot dog shit? I just want to like emphasize that it does seem like um, a shift in neoconservative and evangelical uh, politics where you can't really actively or openly advocate regime change by a conventional American military invasion. You have to do it through proxies like Israel or shoot, maybe Qatar or through like dissidents, uh, underground church. Like, you can't really, if you're D'Souza, you probably can't advocate the U.S. invading another place like Afghanistan right. or destroying a country like Libya, you know? Can't do it anymore. Who'd be arming those churches? Literally nobody. Nobody. Yeah, yeah. There's literally nobody to arm. Who? What the fuck? Who? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think and that's going to go anywhere, you know, the underground ally, church thing. Yeah, know? who's going to arm them? An ally of the U.S.? Well, like, why would they be ally of, like, China? Like, I'm not even... Sh- yeah, it doesn't make... Yeah, good point. How they would carry out a revolution wouldn't make sense, yeah. Well, like, well, I mean, the way they want to phrase it is they're like... I, I'd assume they want to phrase it as, like, the young upstart Israelis and their little guerrilla campaigns and shit. Maybe, they want to yeah. portray the like, you know, they it's all movies do. They want to portray like the revolutionary group as like these plucky underdogs, right? Right. The neoconservatives looking for a revolutionary subject. And yeah, <laughs> and I think at the for me, obviously, at the end of the day, the biggest takeaway is like, dude, please just oppress us, please. Like, I don't want to say I, I like have depression and I'm mentally disabled. I just want you to like. Could you please just oppress me for the things I'm just doing? I need it so bad. And it's like, why? I, I don't care what you do. You know, I don't care where you live. I don't care. I, don't give your kids uh, MMS or whatever, you know. Just don't give them the fucking medical miracle coalition. Don't give them bleach. Don't give them horse paste and you'll be fine. No one's fucking coming to kill you. Nobody's coming to throw you off a roof. Nobody <laughs> fucking cares about your light shows every Sunday, man. We do not care. I will say as a Catholic, I have places to be and longer than you. Because I don't know what the fuck you're doing. You have coffee shops in your church. Stop doing that. 
stop doing all this shit, you guys. <laughs> That's my advice for anyone watching this movie. Take away that away from this movie because it's like, if the people who want you on their side are this lazy, it's just further proof they don't fucking respect you and I don't. Right. They do not give a shit. Yeah. But yeah. Um, so I'm going to say we'll be back in probably about a week's time with another movie and uh, watch like our social media pages for live updates. So once again, for The Left is Dead and this new show, Old Time Religion, I want to say thanks, Nathan, for joining me for the first episode. And I'm excited that we're doing this together, man. Yeah, yeah, it's fun. I'm psyched. Yeah, this will be hype. We got good Christian movies, too. Um, we sent some suggestions to each other. I would like to do that uh, Gospel of Matthew at some point. Mm -hmm. Down the line. So, uh, I don't know. We got good ones. We got bad ones. And eventually, we, I would like to do some series. And we're going to tell you about, you know, oh, the people who came here because they were too freakish for the zealots, even in Europe. <laughs> and why they turned out like this and that includes things like mormons um i would like to go into sects like the anabaptists or you know the amish now right yeah um i would like to go we gotta to do that. radio church of god you know that was insane and i know armstrong quite a, yeah yeah i know quite a bit of you know, the early Reformation and the Anabaptists. And then I would like to do some more research on the late Anabaptists, right? Right, like the right. Current, yeah. The current Dutch weirdos in the middle of Pennsylvania. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I definitely think that would be interesting. So there's quite a bit that we have planned. And then, of course, like, I don't know. You're going to be the one who's like, you like hanging out in the gutter to some extent. When we see some weird, like, Mike <laughs> Pillow shit or whatever... Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah we're going in on it because like i'm sorry but that's the branch of a lot of christianity now and shit you're done unfortunately yeah yeah it's yeah. funny um that's all i can say about it but <laughs> oh yeah it's the dumbest thing I've it's ever sad done. and yeah <laughs> he got tricked by fucking larry clayman he gave him the info he's like the guy who made that program that uh Scanned Al Jazeera to predict terrorist attacks. What? Okay, Larry Clayman made a basically an algorithm to detect, <laughs> to detect terror attacks, right? And how he did it was it just watched Al Jazeera and I guess what the heck flagged random shit. Well, it's Al Jazeera, it's the channel where you see the bin Laden. So, he managed to rip up the government for like, I, I don't know, maybe over $100 million to get them to buy something that was like a DVR, basically. <laughs> like a DVR with parental controls. So, we got a load of subjects going on, and that'll go on a list here. <laughs> and we will get to them, and we'll both learn some fucking stupid shit. Shit, I mean, uh, I got another one. We'll talk after, but yeah, this is great, man. <laughs> it was a good one. We'll be more organized next time. This is going in, you know, we got a movie club now. We'll start keeping you guys in advance, uh, uh, aware in advance if we're going to do live events. Um, but like I said, we'll have good movies and bad movies, so you don't always have to come watch pieces of shit. Eventually, we'll watch Avatar. 
the greatest wow. evangelical movie ever. Wow, I wish Jim Caviezel it. was in that. Yeah. I wish, yeah, Avatar 2 is Jesus versus the Avatar. Yeah, it's going to be big. That would rock. It's a and second no. coming. <laughs> yeah, we'll definitely watch The Passion when that comes back. And don't even think for a moment we're not watching that fucking Tim Ballard movie of him, like, or fucking zip lining in off a helicopter to, like, steal a Haitian child. <laughs> There's no way I'm missing that. So, you got a yeah. full roster, folks. And again, <laughs> Thank you for doing this with me, Nathan. I'm excited to work on this project with you, man. Hell yeah. Yeah. All right. I will talk to you later. See ya. Later. Save my soul. 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 Save my soul.